Uh, I am Patty G. You are listening to The Patty G Show. We have Latko here on the show. We've got Betty and TC in the house in the um, more open Patty G studio. Last week we were in the porch, but now we're out here by a warm fire. So y'all get the special treat. We got the location change. Yeah, it is really nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I want to know what uh, Latko is about, and I know that the the Baton Rouge area is also interested in all the new things that are happening. So first, do some introductions about who you are and kind of your background story, and mm. then we'll go from there. So, Betty, Ooh, take us away. Me first. Cool. Um, save the best for a first. <laughs> um, <laughs> she wasn't like this before you turned the mic on. It's the microphone, I, uh, TC. I was self-pronounced exhausted, and then this <laughs> mic got here, and I was like, oh, so you want me to do a show? Anyways, my name is Betty Mujica Milano. I'm one of the uh, co-founders of Latco Comedy uh, here in Baton Rouge. Um, I've been doing improv, I guess, uh, almost like six years now, um, pretty consistently. Um, I discovered improv in high school. I had a, I went to boarding school. I had a, a RA who started an improv group. So I got to do it for a couple years in high school, but um, then went to college and there was kind of nothing that existed, but I rediscovered it again when I lived in Houston a couple years ago. And um, and yeah, I love I loved performing. Um, I love teaching. Um, that's something that I've really gotten into in the last couple of years is teaching improv. Um, and yeah, when I moved back to Baton Rouge uh, four years ago, um, I kind of was looking for my people, you know, my tribe, my my activities, as I used to call them. I was like, I, I'm a person who needs to fill their time a lot. Like, I don't like just sitting around. I like to be active and be doing things. And so um, when I moved back, a friend introduced me to TC, and he was doing uh, improv in a practice room uh, in Whole Foods, famously uh, in the community room, and uh, joined up with them, and, and it's kind of been growing ever since. Wow. So wait, so Whole Foods has a community room. Yes, and it is, let's say it with me, small. (laughs) (laughs) How small? Um, It's like... It's it's, it's meant for, it was meant originally for, they call it a community room. It's like they do like cooking classes and stuff. So we were improvising around like a stove and dishwasher. And I have to give you a square footage on this room. It was uh, probably 500 square feet with a big island counter space with like a sink and stuff Mm -hmm. which then cut into our space so maybe we were performing uh as a group maybe in 400 square feet of space overlooking whole food shoppers so i could always see the meat section and i was always wanting to eat barbecue i feel like i always was like man today's the day i'm gonna go get a rib get one rib one rib (laughs) a sing a singular rib rib. every once in a while because we would forget we were in the upstairs room at whole foods and we would be screaming or doing something wild and people would be looking up like yeah shoppers would be like what is going on up there yeah jeez yeah okay i'm tc mathern yeah uh i am a baton rouge native as well um betty and i are similar in the way of uh i didn't really have improv necessarily growing up i actually found it a little later than betty i think um i was studying psychology at lsu and i was in my senior year and i was one of those kids that didn't really like anything you know i tried everything and didn't really like anything i played all the sports right didn't like anything and never had my thing you know um and my senior year, during winter break, I went up to Chicago to visit an uncle, and he bought me a ticket to an improv show. Um, and I saw it, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this is it, you know? Right. So six months later, I graduated uh, and immediately got in a U-Haul, moved up to Chicago, 
Uh, I was there for like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because of some family situation, I moved back home, um, which at the time was tough. You know, it was it, but it was one of those things where it was definitely like a blessing in disguise. Right. Um, because I would pout for a while and I'd be like and people like start doing improv, start doing improv, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I started teaching in the community room. And after about six months of that, I think, and that's when Betty came into the picture. And that's when things really started to blow up. And that was four years ago now. Yeah. Yep, we've been doing it four years. Yep. Okay, so the community room in Whole Foods was mm. the place that y'all did it up until recently when you've gotten your own place. No. Or was there a transition oh period? Lots of okay, trans- okay, people, you ready for the roller coaster ride I'm about to take you on? So we were in the <laughs> community room at Whole Foods for probably practicing there mm. for probably a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and kind of through, oops, sorry, through that time, it was kind of a rotating cast of characters. Like we had people who joined in, moved away. We had people who did it at the beginning and came back at the end. Um, and then in October of 2016, so I came back here around June, July, 2016, mm. October of 2016, we had our first performance. So when I joined the group, it was, um, it was purely a practice group. There was kind of no end goal of like what they were doing up there. Um, they were just meeting once a week and TC was teaching everyone how to improvise, you know, and so I joined up and I was excited to join up, but kind of quickly was like, anybody want to perform or no, we're just going to keep, you know, stay in this you know so, so that's when we kind of started getting performances together. So performances started October of 2016 at Spanish Moon. Um, and then we did performances at Spanish Moon for a year. Mm-hmm. Um or a little less than a year maybe, and then kept practicing in the community room at Whole Foods. And then I think somewhere in that mix, we got, we were still practicing in the community room when we moved over to Driftwood, Cask and Barrel. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know Foods. where Driftwood is. Yeah. yeah, so we moved over to Driftwood and we did a, we did shows there for about a year. Um, and, and during that time, that's when we transitioned away from the community room of Whole Foods. Um, you know, there Maybe we had overstayed our welcome. <laughs> I think we were politely asked to leave. We were politely asked to leave. <laughs> Enough um, customers were like, I'm hearing yelling yeah, from above. And they were like, that's not what this room is for, for, for people to like yell. But we're grateful for the time we had. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. We're so grateful for, for our time there. And um, and so many of our performers are former or current, current Whole Foods employees. <laughs> it's most yeah. of our community at this point. But, um, but then that's when we started moving um, – moving towards teaching classes. So that's, um, we, we taught our first round of classes at the Arts Council uh, in July of 2018, mm-hmm. and then moved practices to everyone's house. So practices at Michael's house, our other partner, um, my house, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but as you can see, we've been literally all over the map. If there's a venue in Baton Rouge, we've rented it yeah, for something. Right. We've done stuff at the Guru. We've done classes and performances there. Um, and then the last two years, we've been really lucky to be at Phil Brady's mm. doing our shows there consistently for the last two years. And I think for for us, that was that was a great partnership because they really gave us a lot of freedom um, not to just do one night a month, but to expand out to two nights a month and even do nights like weekend shows in the evening and things like that and we're pretty supportive of of what we were trying to do in the community and I think finally we had a space where it felt like we could develop a following and an audience um you know over that time and so uh yeah so performances kind of ended up at at Phil Brady's and then classes kind of all over the map and that was 
uh, at the end of 2019. Mm. That's kind of where we stood, kind of not with a not with a hundred percent positive outlook of like what was next, like not knowing we'd be in the position we're in now. Right. The position we're in now came about pretty quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Every year, year, I feel like because it was a lot running places and figuring out logistics. Mm-hmm. And every year we would ask ourselves, is, is this the year that we get a space? Is this the year? So we've been asking ourselves that question for four years now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then this yeah. was literally about two months ago, I guess. Less than two yeah. months ago, we were like, okay, let's do it. You know, now yeah. we crunched the numbers and we we're like, I think we can do it. Yeah. You know. So what, what made you finally, I mean, you've been saying this for four years. What made you finally be like, okay, this is it. Let's pull the trigger and do it. Yeah. So it was a very, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a scary thing for us to do. Uh, we've sat down uh, a bunch and, and like I said, crunched the numbers. So we were fortunate enough that every, every, all the money we've taken made from LATCO or performing improv, no mm-hmm. one's wanted any piece. So we put it all in one bank account and just saved it. So none of us have made any money off yeah. of LATCO. Right. It's all for the space. So we had a pretty nice little nest egg there. And we looked at that. And then the amount of... Uh, the amount of people that wanted to take classes, we were we found incredible. At first, we we're like, I mean, I'm always the pessimist, and Betty's always the optimist. Uh, luckily, <laughs> you need the balance. We yeah. need the balance, yeah. But uh, I was shocked when people were like, "We we sell out all our classes." You know, you, it's it's difficult to keep them. You know, they don't they mm-hmm. stay full. Yeah. And so that was another factor. But the main thing, and Betty may want to tell the story. There was a night we were standing outside the place that we're leasing now. Mm-hmm. We were standing outside of it, and we looked at it, and we were like, you know what? No, we're not going to do it. Fear really? kind of took over. And we were like, this is not right. We're, we're out. And then the next night we had a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had. A, so so to back up a little bit, too, you know, over the last four years, like TC is an amazing performer, an amazing teacher. Like I always say, like, you know, he's like our charismatic leader, but like not a cult. Um, this is not a cult nor do we support cults we don't support cults and it's not a cult Um, it is a great community though and TC you know came to Baton Rouge and really planted the seed of that community and 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 people love him and you know it stands to reason why he's adorable great love him love him Um, you know and I think I came in luckily with the experience I had like I was telling you before um, in nonprofit fundraising event planning a lot of logistical, very, um, I'm not type A per se, because I'm not like that organized, but I'm pretty business minded and like thinking about how with anything you do in your life, it's all about sustainable growth. Mm. And it's right. about like making the steps at the right time. Like even you were saying about how you and your wife decided to purchase your house. Like that's exactly how me and my husband did it. Right. It's like you have to think about what what time is right. Like I'm not going to go into buying a house during my busiest time tax season. <laughs> You know, that's crazy, truly, because buying a house is crazy, and then you get in it, and then everything needs to be fixed. You know, and so I've always brought that perspective to everything we've done in LATCO. It's like making the steps and the strides to to do everything in a way that's sustainable and doing everything in its own time. And um, so, yeah, so end of the year, it felt like, right, we talked about it a long time. We were literally about to sign. We were like, had the least being prepared for us and then you know we were we all got scared and we were standing outside of that space and we were all scared um but then we went to the we did the show we had three shows this past december um and we did the first show it was december 8th and tc wasn't even there it was me and michael and michael moss is our third partner who i've kind of mentioned but i want to give him a shout out he mm. is teaching tonight but um 
but our third member, and he really is our like our tech guy. He does all of our lights, all of our sound, like our real kind of performance, our producer in a lot of ways. You know, so we did the show, and I, I host most of our shows, or I've hosted a lot of our shows, and I'm a little blabbermouth, and it's so hard for me to keep my mouth shut. So I just kind of mentioned on stage, like, the prospect of us opening a space in 2020, you know, and just kind of for the first time let people know that we were thinking about getting our own space. And it was just, like, insane. Like, the energy in the room just changed. Like, people were – I think it was, like, something they didn't know could even be possible right. yet or maybe ever. Like, you know, and a lot of things in Baton Rouge, like – they hit a peak and, and people don't take that next step and then they fizzle out. And so I think, you know, a lot of people honestly probably expected maybe that to happen to us at a certain point, like grow too big and not be ready to take that next step. So I think right. when we said the thing about the space, the, the energy in the room just lifted. And I'm also a really like vibey, woo-woo energy person. So to me, I'm very, like, I trust my gut 100%. And when my gut says go, like, I'm I'm very down to do mm. what it's saying. And so, yeah, I left the show. People gave me money that night. They just handed me cash. I Man. said, okay. <laughs> okay, you want to give me money? Well, Betty called me after that show, and I, I can even just hear in the tone of her voice, it made me confident. She was right. like, TC, this is, I just need you to believe me. This is something we have to do. And right then all my fear dropped away just by how confident she was. And, and um, after that, from then on, we were like, look, this is something we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, Betty, I think you summed it up perfectly. It's especially in Baton Rouge. I found that people, they get to that point where they're like, Oh, we could, we could do this. We could do that. If we take this next step and then fear just hits mm-hmm. them like Which a brick wall. It's such an interesting thing that improv has folded into this next step we're taking because I mean, I can literally tell you how improv would help anybody anywhere at any time. But for us in improv, we're constantly taking a leap of faith, stepping on stage and trusting our scene partners Mm -hmm. or our business partners in this case, trusting that we're going to step out there knowing not what we're going to do, but knowing that it's going to be okay because we have each other's backs. And we took that into this venture as well. And it's only been beneficial for us. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, again, it's like kind of just trusting just the way things have been over the last four years, it's hard not to feel like there's somebody on our side, whoever that is, God, whoever, um, the universe, I usually say. But, like, you know, that the TC came back to Baton Rouge when he did, and mm. then I came back to Baton Rouge when I did. And, you know, Michael was consistent in being part of the group and really showing up to, like, take responsibility for a lot of things. And it was really, like, one of those things where, like, the three of us, I don't think four years ago, knew that we'd be, the three of us would be the three people who would be pushing Latco forward. Um, but it's like the way things shake out when you wait long enough and you you dig into things long enough. Like, you see the way they're meant to be, you know, and, and we're lucky that we're a three-person. That's not a partnership because it's a partner in Bly Pairs. I think not necessarily. Three, you can yes. have as many partners Whatever. as you A trio, want, right? let's say. Um, but, uh, you know, three people who care about not just, you know, not just about having a business. Because like TC said, uh, we haven't made any money. No, we don't make any money. <laughs> we don't make any money out of this. We right. still got full-time At least not jobs. Yet. We out here, well, you know. Well, and, and Betty put it in a good way because money would be great. That's fantastic. But none of us 
that's not our first motivator in building this. I think mm-hmm. Betty had the, I quote her all the time because I love the way she put it. She says that we're building a community garden and we're just the gardeners. Right. right? And that's, I think going in with that mentality almost makes the business succeed even more mm-hmm. if you want to label it as a business. But having the mentality of, you know what, we're going to do it because we love it. We're mm-hmm. going to do it because we truly think we can make an impact mm-hmm. in the community. We can help people. And in Baton Rouge, there was nothing before this, Mm-mm. to at least to the best of my knowledge, outside of what y'all have been doing for the last four mm-hmm. years. Yeah. you know, And so being like, hey, there's a scene, there's an environment that we want to create in Baton Rouge, but we're not doing it for money. We're doing it just mm-hmm. to have it. Yeah. I think that is so, so much more powerful than going in and saying, hey, let's open up a comedy club mm-hmm. and let's start charging heads to get in from right. the door. Well, it's, you still could be very successful with it. It's you want to do it more because you're not driven by right. the dollar. Right. Well, it, it, no, that's 100%. It And I think, you know, companies have mission statements and they have, you know, whatever their their value propositions or whatever for the reasons that they do things, you know, and I think in some companies you or in some organizations, you feel the honesty and the truth Mm -hmm. of what they're saying and you believe that and some you don't, you know, some you just you really don't. And the thing that we're so lucky uh, to have is that again, the three of us are bringing that energy of like, we just love it so much that we want everyone else to have what we got when we first discovered it. And, um, and when you walk into our spaces, into our classes, I've never had anybody deny that the feeling is a feeling of community. It's a feeling of support. It's a lot of people who come thinking they're going to learn how to be funny. And then they actually end up discovering a lot more about themselves, about vulnerability, about meeting new people that they would have never, ever talked to before. Because that's another great thing about our classes and about our community, even just like our audience. It ranges. Mm. Like we've got, you know, we've we've taught workshops with kids as young as like 15, 16. You know, our oldest uh, um, students and uh, uh, performers, they're in their, like we have people in their 60s. I'm still fingers crossed for a 70 or an 80-year-old to come through my door because it's never too late to start if you have an open mind to learning anyways. So we just have everybody come through our doors and um, and we're able to offer them a really unique uh, kind of eye-opening experience, something mm-hmm. that really, I think, impacts their life in a bigger way than they usually ever expect. Right, and that's, it's, it's so true with, you know, improv is you're not necessarily trying to be funny all the time. It's you're building that skill to think on your feet, mm-hmm. to assess situations, okay, how can I provide value to this situation in a comedic, respect but yep. also in a serious respect you know like you said you're you're dressed up in business attire today <laughs> looking like the business and yeah. tc's and you know the plaid yeah. looks like he's been working at the shop today yeah. you know and it's you come in you're like okay how can you transition what you learn in comedy and, and improv into your job mm-hmm. and you know with i'm sure with building the building unless you've got some construction background you're in imp- you're improving yeah, the whole exactly, way yeah. as you build worse, it the right whole for, way. Yeah. for better or worse yeah. And so I want to kind of get into some more logistics of LATCO, the name itself. Mm-hmm. Is there a story behind the name, or is it just you threw a bunch of stuff in a hat? <laughs> yeah, this is me. And, you, is, and you came up with I that. Bet he probably, my, I, I don't want to hear the story <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, so when I moved back, like I said, it was kind of under semi-forced circumstances. And, um, you know, I wasn't in the best place mentally. It felt like, um, even though it was a blessing in disguise, it kind of felt like a step backwards for me. Um, and so I was reading a lot of philosophy and, you know, I'm an avid reader and I read somewhere that Benjamin Franklin had a club whenever he was around and it it was a a place where people could come, they'd come to his house, they'd smoke cigars and they'd drink and they would discuss 
everything from politics to philosophy to what it's like to really love a human being or the funny situation you saw at the market the other day. And it was called the Leather Apron Club. And that felt like something I wanted from a theater or mm -hmm. from a group because that's all those things is what it felt like of all the places I was at in Chicago. It wasn't just a place I'd go to perform. It was a place I'd go when I was heartbroken or when I needed someone to support me or when I needed to discuss, like, what is the deal with traffic? You know, whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? And so that's what I wanted. So I called it the Leather Apron Theater uh, Company. And that's what LATCO stands for. Mm -hmm. So, uh, right. yeah. and so it was just a mouthful. So we shortened it, yeah. and now it's just LATCO comedy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Over time, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of where the name stems from. I like it. I, I like it. it. That was good. I feel like I knew the mini version of no. it, but I didn't know the full scale version. Well, and then the llama too. That's is, what I was just about oh, to ask. Oh, you about to ask about, <laughs> that. about to get to the llama. <laughs> uh, the llama. We were looking for branding and stuff of like, ooh, a logo, and especially once Betty came around, she's such a good she's such a good motivator to get things done that we were like, well, this is, let's grow, let's get bigger. And a logo was something that we had thought about. And uh, one of our good friends that's a part of LATCO um, and helps out with a lot of things, he's also a graphic designer, Alex Biglane. Um, we sat, he and I sat down together looking for a logo and we couldn't find anything. We're working on this and nothing was really working. And then for some reason, he was just clicking through pictures on his computer and a llama was there. And he was, it wasn't like he stopped, but I, I go, wait, go back. And I saw it, and I was like, a llama is the most, uh, they're Comedy so silly, right? They <laughs> yeah. look so silly, but also so regal. And they talk, they yell, they scream. They scream. And so we it's scream like, a lot. We scream a lot, yeah. yeah. But it just seemed like the big, the most uh, complex creature of, like, they can, like, turn their nose and be better than you, but also look so dumb, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, that's the thing. And so Alex, um drafted a logo for us and it's iconic yeah, yeah and it. it is actually truly iconic yeah. i do believe because it's like a the other the good thing again about the, the three of us and the partnership it's like some people have taken things and run with it and like i had nothing to do with the name i had nothing to do with the logo but it's like i fully accept the name and the logo as my own like it just feels so like especially when they they came and did the vinyl on the storefront when i see it i'm like Oh, that's us. Yeah. Like, it's so, you know, when so, like you just see something, you're like, oh, that does represent kind of us. Yeah. And Alex did such an amazing job with that logo. I think it's so kooky and really graphic. Right. Mom was like giving full side eye yeah. drama. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It is beautiful. I'm really proud and happy of that logo. Yeah, I love it. It's It captures what y'all are trying to go out in an animal itself. Yeah, and so you, you see it, and that's, I think with a lot of brands, they try to find that iconic image or that iconic logo, you know, mm -hmm. like Nike, when you see a, a check oh, yeah. or a swoosh, as they've patented or whatever, you're like, oh, that's Nike. Mm -hmm. You know, you see you see like the towers, oh, that's Adidas. Mm -hmm. You know, so on and so forth mm -hmm. with y'all. It's like, oh, the llama, that's Latco. Right yeah, on. no, yeah. exactly. And, I, and again, and I want to kind of go back to something that you said, because I want to give these guys credit. Um, you know, we've been doing what we've been doing here for four years, but Family Dinner, I mean, is the OG improv group of Baton Rouge. They okay. do something slightly different than us because um, they do short-form improv and we do long-form improv. Um, but they've been in Baton Rouge. They've been working together for like 10 years, um, you know, and we and we work we work with them and do stuff with them. Um, but I do even think like this idea of us having the space, it's it's still this more overarching umbrella of like a home for comedy in Baton Rouge. And, you know, to your point, not the funny bone, 
not triple A comedy club, mm -hmm. but right. like an actual home for performers and a home, a community home for people to come through um, and learn, but also like enjoy performances. And um, and yeah, I just feel like it's like a beacon now mm -hmm. where it sits. I just feel like so many, I was getting my haircut the other day and I was talking about it and the guy who, the, the barber behind me was like, Oh yeah, I saw that by Radio Bar. I was like, yeah, that mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said something short form versus long form mm -hmm. improv. Can you explain the difference between the two? Yeah, the difference is very subtle, um, but if you watch, you're like, oh, this is different, right? So, uh, long form uh, or short form, rather, the, what Family Dinner does, it's so funny and so good, and people think like I'm, I'm a good long form performer, short form. I'm not great at, you know, it takes a very quick-witted individual, very smart. Um, it's more shorter games. Whose line is it anyway? If, okay. you, if you've ever seen that, that's yep. short form. That's all short form. Okay. And those people are brilliant improvisers. What we do is long form, and it's it's difficult to explain. You kind of have to go, so come see a show. For sure. <laughs> yeah. okay. But that being said, uh, it's almost the best way I describe it is it's like watching a play, but okay. there's no script. Oh yeah. Um. So it's an unscripted play, and and uh, kind of even going back to what you said about teaching how to be funny, what I say is we pray to the gods of art, and hope the gods of comedy show up too. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like right. we teach, we don't teach you how to be funny, we teach you how to listen, we teach mm -hmm. you how to react, we teach you how to empathize, and through all those things and do, doing them genuinely, it is inevitably funny. Yeah. Right. And sometimes we've done shows that aren't funny. But they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The audience isn't laughing because they're so enamored yeah. and so drawn in and so in it with us. Um, and that's all I want, you know? Yeah. You want the audience to feel like they're a part of it and feel like they can go there and just, you know, actually enjoy the show mm -hmm. and not be forced to laugh or like walking, like right. looking around, like, why is, like, am I supposed to laugh? What am I supposed right. to do? It's more of you're going there to watch a performance. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll laugh. Yeah. It can be a rare thing. And, um, <laughs> Especially with, and I'm not knocking it, but with uh, streaming and Netflix, it's so easy to like just be on your couch and have a night in. But there's something about the connection that we have with our audience mm -hmm. members when they sit down and watch it. It's something you can't describe. A video is not going to do it. You can mm -hmm. record it and something loses it. You have to be in there with us. And you feel, and the next day you're going to have so much fun. The next day you're going to tell a coworker, mm. oh, this guy was playing a turkey on stage and they're going to yeah. be like, what yeah. are you? And you're like, you got to, you just got to see. You just got to go. Yeah. You just got to be there. But and then the show's gone, you know, yeah. good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's gone forever. And that, that to me is one of the best things about improv. Like, um, we're having our grand opening show, uh, shows on Friday, February 7th. So not this Friday, but next. And Friday, doing, February 7th. Hey, be there. Well, we're all sold out. Sorry, sold folks. Out. <laughs> Come out, stand outside hey, and listen. Stand outside and see if you can get some standing room tickets now. And we're so excited because we're going to have so many shows now that we have around space. We can do shows whenever we want. Um, but my point was that... Connection with the audience. Connection with the audience. Being there. Being there. Show. Netflix, you can stay home Netflix. and chill. No, you got to no, get out was, there and be a part that. of it. You got after that. I, that plug made me completely lose my train of thought. Show on the 7th. We got our grand opening. Oh, well, I'll just say this. I had a friend, a new coworker from, um, from my new job, uh, who had heard about Latco. And, mm. you know, and a lot of people, like, we have a great following and a great audience. Our shows at Phil Brady's, on a Wednesday night in Baton Rouge, I mean, we would usually have 
depending on the night, anywhere between 50 and 100 people. That's sessions. awesome. You that's know, wild. and that was that's yeah. incredible. the end of our run at Phil Brady's. That was a consistent thing. And two shows a month where we were filling out. I mean, they were, I think, surprised, honestly, I, yeah. uh, of <laughs> yeah. the audience that we had. And, you know, we were able to duplicate the same thing on weekends or whatever. But there's still so many people who've never come to a show or they've seen us in passing and they haven't ever engaged with us kind of more than someone telling them about it or like seeing it online or something. Um, and a coworker of mine was like, oh, yeah, you're part of that comedy thing. And I was like, yeah. And I could tell, I, and I've told him this, him this to his face, but I could tell he was very like dismissive of like, oh, it's like a little thing. Mm. It's like a little thing that you do. And... Um, and I was like, you better come to a show before we're not at Phil Brady's anymore because Phil Brady's is allowing, you know, it allowed us to have 50 to 100 people. Our new space is a 40-seat theater. Maxed it's, out. It's a, it's a little intimate yeah. wow. space. So, I, you know, it's like come while the getting's good. And, uh, and he came. And I remember as soon as he came to the show, like the next day at work, he was talking, like he was singing <laughs> a different tune. And we even talked about it the other, and we're good friends now, but we talked about it the other day. And I was like, it's so funny because it was like, I saw the transformation where you understood what we were doing mm -hmm. because you came and you were in that space with the energy and the people and just how engaged people are and how how much people love it. I mean, people just love it. And we love to, to do it for them. We love to give them that because, you know, it's also like a very rare thing to be able to have a night out where it's not just about drinking and eating you know the great thing about our shows is that anybody can come grab a glass of water grab a club soda and just get a laugh you know mm, it's not right. it, you don't need to do much more than that and um and our new space it's going to be it's all ages too so we'll be able to let younger people in it is a mostly adult shows and adult content so you know maybe don't bring your 12 year old in but like an 18 year old <laughs> can come right. in you know whereas at phil brady's it was 21 and over mm -hmm. so I never heard that coworker story. That's really nice. You know, you know who it was. Do it, Bradley. Oh, it's Bradley. <laughs> I didn't know it was. Yeah, and he's yeah. helped okay. us with so he's much. Been he's been great. Um, he's been incredible. But it's funny because you you don't know, and you know, it's like anything. You well, don't know till you know. And that's right. the thing too is, for good reason. A lot of times, I, people hear about us opening improv, and I've heard people say, "Oh, improv sucks. Improv's so bad." The Reddit threads are brutal. They're rough. Uh, but they're <laughs> I think everything on Reddit is rough, yeah, unless, you're the, right. unless you're the person unless you're the person typing it. He tells me then, well, and can I be honest with you? Yeah, I was shocked absolutely. There were I I posted we are that show the both those shows shows sell, sold out in ten hours, which wow. we were shocked. So it was almost a hundred tickets in ten hours. That's Crazy. pretty fast. It's insanely fast. It's, but I like post this on the Reddit and we post stuff, you know, just try to get the what small feelers we have out, get them out there. And there was a few people that were a little rough. The amount of people that came, I don't know if I told you that, to the rescue, they were so sweet. Yeah. They were like, it was just a, like Batner's subreddit, but they were like, oh, we really, lo you know, just lo loving it, yeah. you know? Um, and which is crazy because that's what the community we build does anyway. Yeah. Like I find, I don't know what law of attraction it is, but we, it only attracts good people, whatever that, that means mm -hmm. to you. And right. then I find that the people that aren't as great are a little bit repelled. You know, right? And when they're something, I don't know what it is. Well, and they're able to, because the only time you you hear about the people being repelled is not going to come to your face and say, "Hey, your show's terrible." Sure, they're going to post it on Reddit. They're going to mm -hmm. post it on sure. your any of your social medias, and so they're able to hide behind that mask right. of the screen, and so you never have to deal with them because they're never going to buy a ticket. Well, here's right. the thing: here's the unless somebody thing. did, then I'll be totally shocked. Yeah. Here's the thing: <laughs> that guy that said he, one of them said, ninety nine point nine nine percent of improv sucks. I sent him a message. 
And I was like, look, I agree with you 100%. Because there's a lot of bad improv out there. There hey, just is. 99.99%? You agreed? I agree with him fully. I'm a much, <laughs> I'm a, a much uh, bigger snob than Betty is. Uh, uh, right. Pessimist, optimist. Yeah, like, yeah, we established yeah, that right. at the We've beginning of this. It. All improv is bad. It's valid. That's yeah. true. She's and you can't she's doing she's wrong. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But anyway, I was like, I told him about this is not passive aggressive in any way. If you want to come to a show, you don't even have, you can give me a fake name if you want. I'm gonna get you in for free. I just want you to see what we do because right. I genuinely think if someone has an opinion about improv right now or a preconceived notion, come to one of our shows and I think we'll give you something to kind of talk mm. about or, or change your mind a little bit. Kill them with kindness. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna have to write. You're up to pay that five dollars though. Yeah, you got. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Okay. Um. So, and I think that's with a lot of not even just comedy in general, but with a lot of new things, especially in Baton Rouge. We mm-hmm. like our we like our patterns. We like our mm-hmm. routines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we always complain that we're in a pattern. We're in a routine. Sure. And there's nothing to do in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest complaint mm-hmm. outside of the roads and traffic. Yeah. Is there's nothing to do in Baton mm-hmm. Rouge. And it's like, well, there is. You just don't want to go out and do it. Well, let yeah. me give you positive Ooh. spin on that. I'm Ooh, on okay. That. Let's do the it. Pessimist cool. coming in with positivity. Trying to trying to become more optimistic Let's in do 2020. It. Uh, <laughs> 2020 vision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so whenever uh, the situation at home got better, I was ready to take off again. I was ready to leave. Right. And I was going to. And Michael Moss, again, our third, sat me down and he said, everyone in Baton Rouge that starts doing something cool goes somewhere else to do it. That's a hundred percent. You paint. True. You're a poet. You're an artist. You're a musician. You go do that somewhere else when you can do it here. If enough cool people stay here, Baton Rouge is going to be the cool place. And I'm really glad he told me that because even though we've worked our behinds off, mm-hmm. this is much more fulfilling and cool. And I'm not a very prideful person, but I'm so damn yeah. proud of what we've accomplished. And I think there's a wave of of people getting out of their shell and breaking those little habits and patterns and, and, and getting out of their own comfort zones. I think that's been proven by our audiences and by the amount of people that have attended our classes. Sure. Uh, right. And it only grows. So, you know, anybody that's sticking around, anybody listening to this, thinking about moving somewhere else, do it if you'd like. But if you're here doing something cool, this is going to be the cool place and the wave's happening and it's, it's already started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that was, that's, you know, the intentions behind this podcast as a whole yeah. is to find those cool things, those people doing those great things mm-hmm. in the community and say, Hey, let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. On. Let's, yeah. you know, cause a lot of people have talked like, Oh yeah. You know, if I could just have somewhere to talk and tell people about what I'm doing, it'd be great. I'm like, okay, so you want to do this, but you just can't I'm like, all right, right. So I'll be that, that middle ground, that medium yeah. and say, Hey, Let's talk about it. Let's bring you on and let's get it out there to as many people as we can Mm -hmm. and show Baton Rouge is awesome. Yeah. You know, Baton Rouge has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. The people here in Baton Rouge want to offer something. They just, they don't want to do it alone. They Mm. don't want to do it alone. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, TC and I both left and, and when I left Baton Rouge, I had no intention of coming back. Um, You know, I was one of those people who left kind of thinking that there wasn't anything here for me. I went to LSU graduated and immediately um well let me say i immediately started working at pluckers i had to figure some things out but as soon as my dad said it sounds like you're on the manager track i quit and then i was like i gotta figure something else out so i worked there for like six months but then i i got an americorps position in houston and i moved to houston which you know is it was imperative for me and i always say not just stay in baton rouge but like leave but come back you know and come back with the things that you've learned and tc and i are both people 
who went and found something we really love and ended up coming back. And like, again, the gardener analogy fits perfectly. We like went and learned how to tend a garden mm. and then we came and did it at home instead of doing it out there. Um, you know, but I was out in Houston and it's a wonderful place and I visit frequently. All of like my great friends are out there. Um, you know, so when it came time to decide to come back to Baton Rouge, um, my husband and I were then dating and we were long distance and it was such a struggle for me to make that choice to come back. Um, you know, but I've never been happier with the decision I've ever made in my life. Mm. I'm, I'm with an awesome guy. He's the best. He is um, the best. Truly, and he is yeah. truly the husband of Latko. Yeah. He's married to <laughs> He's all, all of, of our us. Husband. Um, and, and I here am able to make such a bigger impact. Like in Houston, I'm like, you know, I'm a perform. I would be a performer, a dime a dozen performer, and not necessarily be able to make waves the way we have in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, but also, again, just that cultivation of, like, I, I we did an interview with 225 the other day and genuinely, like, started tearing up because we I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up around, like, a couple blocks up from where our location is. Okay. Like, I grew up on Westmoreland and Wilshire, um, like, right by where the Blockbuster used to be and, like, the yes. Walgreens and Rite yes. that whole thing. So I grew up there and in Mid-City. Before people bought in Mid-City, my parents bought in Mid-City, and people were like, you're cuckoo bananas, Lulu in the head, what is wrong with you people? But, you know, at the time, that's what they could afford, and they got a great house with a pool. Like, I grew up with a pool in Mid-City, but it's just like everyone was like, that's crazy, and now everybody wants to live in Mid-City. Yeah. But... That's besides the point. But I spent, like, my summers, like, walking down to Honeymoon Bungalow, which is now Elsie's, Plate and Buy's. It was a vintage mm -hmm. kind of houseware store and, and going to, like, Time Warp and all that stuff. And um, and then to be in my space now, thinking about myself when I was 14 or 15 and kind of aimless and, like, didn't know what my thing was. Because, like, TC, it's like, I played some instruments. I wasn't very good. I was okay. I wasn't, like, a virtuoso or anything. I didn't really do anything. I wasn't a kid with activities. So to be able to like find this place and like open it in my neighborhood where I grew up and thinking about another girl that age in the neighborhood who might just be walking around mm -hmm. one day and see comedy and think, oh, that's a thing that I could do. Like when that girl walks through the door, I will die. Mm -hmm. I'll fully die when that 15 year old girl walks through the door and I know she will, you know, I know, I know I'll see her and and that's what I wish I had when I was that age. And so it's just, like, so full circle and so special to, like, be the adult version of myself offering that to, like, younger versions of us. It's really nice. Yeah, and do you – so on that note of how you were that age and there, no, there was nothing around, do you think that the reason it's happening so much now and that Baton Rouge is – you know, mid-city is starting to become so vibrant. Is that because the people at that age are now old enough to do something about it? Absolutely. You know, you think there could be a correlation between that of, oh, now all the 30 or 40 year old people who grew up saying, oh, I wish I had this, wish I had that, are now like, you know what, let's do something about it. Yeah. Let's actually make that happen. Yeah, I think I think Baton Rouge is really activated right now. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that there's so much good stuff. But also what I think is really different now than than times in the past, because there's been peaks, there's been like little like spark moments in Baton Rouge feeling like it's coming together. But I think what's happening now more than ever before is a very improv thing, which is that we're all collaborating. Mm. 
you know, we're all actually having conversations with each other, finding ways to support each other. You know, we were at the Comedians Debate last night. Right. You were there. I was there. Omar uh, and the guys who run No Show, Franz, who's like a super huge supporter of everything in the community, Kenny, who is, you know, prestige of our community, like <laughs> Forbes, like, you know, 30 under 30 and the whole thing. But we're all in conversation together. It's not siloed. It's not like, oh, I'm a lawyer and I support these three things. Like, it's like there's crossover in the, in amongst just like professionals in general and the industry in general. People are interested in like connecting with us as much as we are with them. You know, you're doing these types of things. And I just feel like the conversation is way more open than it's ever been before to actually just be like, oh, how can we work together? You know, because everyone in our little neighborhood now, like, We've been talking to BJ at Radio Bar about how we can collaborate since we're a BYOB venue. Like, how can we make sure, like, we're sending people their way, they're sending people our way, help our people get some drink specials, and then we send them there after the, the official after parties there. You know, those types of things where it's a really, I hate to say it, but synergistic, um, you know, way of, way of uh, operating business. And I just feel like it's because it's people our age and... Mm. God bless me for saying that. But I do think, you know, millennials get a bad rap, but I think we, we're we moving and shaking in a really impactful way. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go do shows in New Orleans sometimes, <coughs> and people will, will come up to it. They've come up to me after and been like, why are y'all in Baton Rouge? And be like, don't sleep on us. Hey, don't sleep on Baton Rouge. There's no better feeling than going to New Orleans and driving home and coming to Baton Rouge and going to sleep. <laughs> I, I really, truly believe sometimes that place makes me feel cuckoo. Yeah. And, like, I just love going to spend a nice day or, like, a nice dinner, drinks in New Orleans, and then just driving my little tush home to get in my bed in quiet Baton Rouge. Mm. It's right. a great I – lo I love it here. It's a wonderful community. Yeah, I mean, the, the comparison between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, even though we're only an hour away, it's, like, so different. Yeah. And so with that, how has the community, the comedy community in New Orleans, how have they been with y'all doing something in Baton Rouge? Like, have they been, like, supportive? Like, oh, yeah, we'll come out to a show or let's collaborate and let's do something together. You know, what does that scene look like within the inner, the different cities? Yeah, I don't know where the – to me, it feels a little bit like a chicken and egg situation because we are so open um, mm -hmm. to everyone, you know, and it's nice being a little hu a hub in between because Lafayette has an uh, improv scene, too, that's been thriving for a long time. New Orleans has an improv scene, um, you know, and we're pretty open to reaching out and being like, come, come do shows, mm -hmm. teach workshops, do yeah. bring it all in. We're not exclusive in any way. And and we found, like I said, chicken and egg. They've I felt the exact same way from there. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, awesome. they'll reach out and be like, come do a show. Come do this. Yeah. We've got this going on. Do you want to come help? You know, and it seems like that, at least in a comedy stand from a comedy standpoint, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a river that flows both ways. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like even our grand opening show. Um, so kind of, I always say our sister improv theater mm. in New Orleans is called Two Friends Improv uh, Theater, and it's uh, John Butts and Casey Haig, and they're a duo who runs it. And and I don't know how much you know just about the kind of comedy scene in New Orleans over the last couple of years, but not it's much. Been a, it's been a really tumultuous time um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and and you know, like any community you know, the comedy community can fall prey to just kind of like, um, you know, leadership that maybe isn't overseeing things the way it should. Comedy, especially stand-up, has historically been a boys' club. Mm -hmm. um, I used to do stand-up in Houston, and I quit. My therapist was like, why are you torturing yourself? You literally come here, like, feeling 
like really bad because it's so hard to make your way as a woman in stand up, um, you know, in kind of these in these communities or whatever. And uh, so there's just been a lot of issues. So a lot of people have had to kind of break off and essentially do what we're doing in Baton Rouge, which is to build from the ground up. Mm. Like there used to be a really one big unit of comedy, um, but it broke apart because of a lot of kind of big allegations and things that happened. Um, so it was really divisive. So like two friends was a group that sprung up out of that. Like they still wanted to be able to do improv, do classes, host shows. Um, and so they started from the ground up. So in a lot of ways, it's funny because like the way the New Orleans community has kind of been a little bit shaken and dismantled by what's happened, I think is allowed for a lot more collaboration mm -hmm. because everybody's kind of where we are now like everyone's kind of like well what do we do now and so everybody's talking like I called one of my old sketch teachers I took a sketch writing class in New Orleans called her this week and I was like hey if you ever want to come to Baton Rouge and she's from Baton Rouge I was like if you ever want to come back to back home and teach a sketch writing class or a workshop come on down she's like oh my gosh yeah absolutely I would love to do that she's so great. um yeah. and same with Lafayette and Silverbacks like they come and perform um with us, we go perform with them. Casey, um, two friends is going to be our opener for our grand opening show. So, so we're great. yeah, it's it's a it's all really collaborative like, across the region, really, because my, even my my teachers from Houston and the the owners mm -hmm. of my improv theater that I was that I started at in Houston, they came this summer, did a workshop, did a show. So we have people who might come down from Chicago. I have lots of, yeah. It's a network that's, that's awesome. like starting yeah. to form, which is really exciting. And that's another thing outside of, uh, in a very selfless way, I, I'm so proud and excited about like getting, because a lot of theaters kind of sometimes are born from a place of, uh, I always screw this for exclusivity, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, oh, TC was shunned from a theater. I'm going to go open my own theater, mm -hmm. right? right? And then you carry that toxicity over with you. We don't have that. You know, we were born of, uh, like, just wanting to do it and wanting to yeah. see it. So, like, a lot of theaters might be like, you only play here, you only study here, that's it. Really? Our, yeah, yeah. A lot. I mean, especially Chicago. There's, in Chicago, there's a lot more theaters. And I think it's better now, but it used to be very toxic of, like, you only played here at Second City, you were only at I.O., you were only here. Why is very that? Very clicky. I think it's because, in a way, it's a little bit um, of, like, a... Oh, what's the right way to put it? It's it's it. There are more, so there's more competition, right? Right, right. And also, I think it's again fear. So sometimes, like it's like, oh, this other theater's better than us, right? And so a a way to react to that is by pushing it away. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we do is if we we hope they're better than us mm -hmm. and we take it all. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, they did this move. Mm -hmm. Do you see that move they did? Let's oh, let's try. Yeah. Like, you know, and we're and then we're doing it, and we're like, that was so good. Yeah. And that's just our way of reacting to mm -hmm. things, you know? Right. So we just react. It's the same feeling wherever this is. It's just how you choose to react yeah. to it. And we just react to it differently than mm -hmm. some places do. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, and even to the point of the education piece as well, you know, a lot of theaters, their, their bread and butter is classes mm. and teaching. So it's, you'd think it's counterintuitive to send someone else to classes somewhere else to get not have their money, you know, just looking at it from the business angle. But to me, that doesn't make any sense because you're going to ostracize more people by making them feel like even if you don't have the thing that they want or they can't do it with you for some reason, that they don't have any other options. You're, that relationship isn't going to be a relationship with longevity. And I have a good example of that is, um, you know, one of the girls who 
we actually she she did a a, a free we did a free or not a free session we did a soccer mm. LSU women's soccer team building session with like whew, a lot of girls who were not wanting to be with us um but by the end they did want to be with us um team building uh can be that way but but one of the girls and usually we find that there's one person in any group where you can just tell they got it that's her thing. right like yeah. they want to be a part of this and and she came and she started taking classes with us but then this past summer she had to go back to houston she's at college at lsu had to go back to houston um so her parents are and so she wasn't going to be able to take the next session you know with us and I looked her dead in the eye and said, I'm going to be mad with you if you don't go to Station Theater in Houston and go meet Roger. I'm going to send them an email now. Tell them you're coming their way. Try to take an intro class if you can. Like, you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. You're going to get to learn from the people I learned from. Like, so fun. She went, loved it, came back even more excited, and she's in an ensemble class now. You know, so instead of, like, discouraging and being like, oh, well, you just have to go three months without it, and then maybe she's not going to be into it after three months. Like, go learn more from different people and then come back to us and tell us what you learned. 100%. We want to know. It's, it's that open mindset that y'all said y'all mm -hmm. have and that, you know, the whole scene in Baton Rouge is trying to have is that open collaboration. Like, oh, you want to go to somebody in Lafayette, New Orleans, that's fine. Go there. If you want to stay there, fine. Yeah. And then when you want to come back, bring what you've learned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's being open to learning new ideas, to learning new mm -hmm. ways, new methods of doing things. Whereas some people are like, nah, I, I like the way we do it here. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. we've we've cultivated this. We've branded this as how we do things. Don't bring in that other outside nonsense. Right. Whereas right. y'all are like, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, it's improv. Yeah. Hey, we make it up as we you, go. You nailed it. That's exactly it. It's like if if we suddenly decide we're the keepers of the informa the improv information in Baton Rouge, then that's when we need to not do this anymore. Right. Truly, right. like that's when we just need to quit because yeah. we don't know anything. No. I don't know. Sometimes I look at my husband, I'm like, who's letting us pay bills? <laughs> like who's genuinely letting us like be adults, be yeah. adults right yeah. now? Because I'm shocked. Yeah. But it is wild. It's still fun. It is very fun. <laughs> We're having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like you're having a great time yeah, with everything. Sure. So yeah, we what, are. what are the classes structured as? If somebody goes and they purchase a set of classes, mm -hmm. what are they going to get? Mm -hmm. um, so our class structure right now, I'm really excited because we finally have a real for more formalized kind of way somebody can move through classes. So we have a four-level class system. So when you sign up for your first class, it's going to be an intro class. Our classes are all six weeks. Um in other markets, it's usually eight-week classes, um, but we've started doing six-week, and we just feel like in Baton Rouge, we still have to be mindful that, like, there's a very specific way people schedule their lives for the year, and there's just certain things we are not going to be able to avoid. Football season, festival season, it's very hot in the summer. That it is. Weddings between everything, you know, and so we have to be mindful of that, and the six weeks feels like a commitment that people feel really good to make. Um, so they do a six-week series. Um, at the end of that six weeks, they get to do a recital, so they get to perform what they learned in front of their friends and family, which is really fun. And then they move through. And so then, you know, if they want to, go to level two. If they want to do level three, go there. And then finally level four. And then after you complete level four, um, you essentially are free to continue if your class stays together. So a lot of times you do have attrition. So like, for example, our intro class right now is 13 students. All 13 of those students probably aren't going to complete level four. It happens. Just it it happens. happens. It's a normal thing. I, you know, I did 
in Houston, my my series was five five uh, levels, you know, and I think there were five of us that had started together that ended together, you know. But over the time, we saw new people, we you know, kind of in and out, whatever. So after that, you're free to continue performing as a team together. We can, we offer coaching for that, um, but we also um, have house troops that we perform with, um, and we have open auditions for those. So. At any point in your education, or even if you've never taken a class, you're able to audition for our house troops. Um, and that was something kind of newer we mm-hmm. added this past year um, so that you can kind of just get stage time and stuff. Um, but that's basically it. So our level ones that are in level one now will take their level four classes by October, November. Okay. And graduate by the end of the year. So it's essentially like a full year. That's awesome. Yeah. And I will say this for anyone watching or listening. Uh it's just two people. Perfect. <laughs> for you, both of you. Hey, for uh, both my, of you. My mom and my dad. My wife's not even watching. Oh, that's great. No. And that's a good thing, too. Uh, because you can, the the scariest thing is pushing the button to, to do it. Yeah. Like pushing 100%. the, get a class, you know. And the most frustrating thing for us is not the people that don't do it. It's the people that you know want to do it so bad. Yeah. Because we need audiences, too. Some people, it's just not for them. And that's fine. Yeah. You know? But then there are some people that come to all our shows and want to talk about it, and you can see it in their eyes mm-hmm. that they want to do it so bad. Yeah. And they're just too scared to push that button. Yeah. And as soon as you push it, you're right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's only good things will happen, I yeah. promise you. It's, and that's, yeah. It's I don't have good. anybody who's ever told me, at least to my face, that they were good at. So. <laughs> well, they're Check all Reddit. Sad. They might be talking. They yeah. might be talking. Yeah. I, I keep I that stay off the threads. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's, I find that it's not even with comedy or it's in business or anything in general. You know, like we said at the beginning of this thing, that fear to buy the building. It's mm-hmm. when people, they want to do something different. They want to get out there and do something. Yeah. But then as soon as they get so close to do it, they say, no, I can't do it. Yeah, and no, exactly. some reason comes up. It could yeah. be, you know what? The, the sun didn't come up right. Mm-hmm. It was cloudy day. Just yeah. not going to do it. But then those people that do want to pull the trigger and do want to go through it, that's awesome that they have a place to do it now. And that with anything, it's once you get into it, people, it's so much better than not doing it. The man ain't lying. No. Because you're, you're, you, yeah. you just, as soon as you start doing it, you just become a happier person. Yeah. People will tell if you want to do something, regardless of whatever it is, a second you start doing it, yeah, it's going to be stressful and hectic throughout yeah. the entire time. Yeah. But you're going to be so much happier because you're doing what you love yeah. and what you want it to do. And no one's stopping you. Well, right. And also it's like uh, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book called Big Magic. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's um, you know, it's about it's about being a creative. Right. And it's about the process of being a creative. But it also talks about like the pragmatic aspects of being a creative person and how, you know, oftentimes uh, we have these ideas that we really want to do. There's a lot of great ideas. Like the whole book is amazing, I think. But, um, you know, but but fear is always going to be a part of the, the process when always. you're doing big things, when you're making big moves. Like fear is a natural part of the process because I think sometimes people want to suppress fear and they want to be like, well, I just need to get over it. But that's not the way it works. And in the book, she describes it as essentially you have to acknowledge the fear and then you have to buckle it into the passenger seat and just be like real cute and be like, took. And know that it's going to be there for the ride, but you. It, but it's not driving the car. You right. are. You get to make the choices. The fear is going to be there. And fear also, oof, I'm like passionate about this book, mm-hmm. obviously. Fear is also a really useful tool for us. I think sometimes people don't realize that fear is actually useful. It's our body and it's a physical manifestation of like pause. 
take a beat. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, no, I'm scared. I can't do this. No. And then running away. It's I'm scared. I've got to actually breathe. I've got to process. I've got to think about why. Why am I scared? Like, if you're at the top of a water slide, it's like, why am I scared? Because this thing, like, I can't strap into this thing. This thing is going at a, you know, the the plunge at Blue Bayou. It's like this thing is at an insane angle that I can't quite even wrap my brain around. Um, and that's why I'm scared. I'm scared that I could die. And then you have to actually say, well, probably not. The odds of that are probably not. And you have to actually, like, backpedal and think about it. And that's what we did when we were outside of the space. We were all scared. And honestly, I'm so glad that we listened to that fear because that fear gave us a couple days to not feel so anxious and stressed. And, like, we were trying to grind and push towards something that maybe wasn't meant for us. It gave us space. I feel like we all felt relieved that we said, listen, we're not going to do it. But the beautiful thing was that, you know, we were all in tune in enough, enough, and I was in tune enough to know the moment that it felt so right was the moment of relief from the fear. Because I didn't let fear say it's never happening. We got to scrap the whole thing. I just said, I let fear give me a, a break for a second to breathe, to be like, this is a lot, to then be open to the next thing, which was the next thing was the universe saying, thumbs up, all systems go. And at that point, you know, I just, even with like fundraising, cause we've done some, we've done some fundraising for the space. I created a fundraising budget. I presented it to them. I think they both thought I was cuckoo Lulu. When I told them, I was like, we're going to raise $15,000 for this space. And we've already raised almost 10 right. in the course of like a month and a half. And it wasn't pulling teeth. And mm. I've fundraised for a lot of things that is pulling teeth. Like you're tracking people down. You are coming to their place of work. Um, and this wasn't that. These were like no-brainer asks. People were like, duh, I'll buy a chair for $250. Like, oh, yeah, I'll donate $25 for a koozie. And they don't want the stuff. They want to buy into what they we're doing. Improv yeah, they want an improv <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. want the same thing you want, yeah. and they want to yeah. feel like they're a part of bringing it in. Yeah. Because people with the chairs, people with the koozies, like, oh, how'd you get that? Oh, I've donated to mm -hmm. help them go out. Exactly. With the chair, oh, yeah, that's my chair over there. Exactly. I helped them make this happen. And yeah. then they get a sense of pride yeah. in doing something great for the city, mm -hmm. Absolutely. which is incredible. Yeah. So your shows, you've got your first one coming up February 7th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What can people, well, it's sold out, but... For those that want to go to the next one, maybe. Yeah. February 12th. February 12th. Is that one sold out, too? No, we don't have tickets on sale yet, and I'm not going to put them on sale. I'm going to give everyone a little pausecito so that we can sell those to maybe some new people. Right. But all our ticket sales, uh, and we're trying to get the word out about this, will be online, online. as well. Okay. So, uh, Where at? Uh, Latcocomedy.com. Okay. We're going to so. link that in the show notes for people watching and listening. So if you find the podcast, you're going to find every single link in there. And that's where we kind of funnel everything to that. That's where information on classes, shows, donations, if, you, if you'd yeah. like to contribute, um, it's all on that site. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So tickets pre-purchase online February 12th. They're not on sale yet. Um, and I will let you know when they are. Perfect. Um, cause I want you to, um, you know what? You get in for free, baby. You and your wife. You get the free oh yeah. my! Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's your that's that's a, you thank make you. a date night yeah, out of it. Oh, a date night out of it. That's perfect. Yeah, go We're to in. LCs, go grab you a drink at radio. Come to the show, and then you can throw some axes. That's yeah. perfect. What time? Uh, shows at eight. Perfect. We'll be there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, so what can we expect at the show? Now that we're coming, you know, we're going to be front yeah, center, front row, be able to see everything. Yeah. What are we going to see? Well, that's what's great about improv is we have no idea. 
Well, like, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's, the, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. the format? Is there sure. a structure, a format? I mean, is it, are we going to sit down and one guy's going to come up and talk, or are we going to have a group of people? Like, what is yeah. what is the format? Yeah, sure. So it depends on what um, show you come and see. We have different house teams that play in different times, and sometimes we do different forums. Okay. Right now, on a team called uh, Dirty Karma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what we do in those shows is we find uh, what we call a monologist, a person from the community will come. And they will tell a story about mm-hmm. anything they want from their lives. And then we improvise off that story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a one-hour show. The thing that is on, the, you said the 12th? Is that one? The 12th, I think, is Dirty Karma. Oh, is that Dirty Karma? Okay, so. so that's what you can see. Yeah. That Perfect. Right I'm excited now. Yeah. Uh, but we also have other teams and shows. Uh, Bang Bang's another team that we have. And they literally just come ask for a one-word suggestion. And then they do a 20-minute show. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, and no structure, no, that, you know, it that's, just kind of You just do it. Unfolds. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of the main tenets of... Uh, long form improv is it okay. just you so literally we don't know what's going to happen um and and literally i've been doing improv for over 10 years now and i've never done the shit same you never do the same show twice because right. be, me being in there betty being there mm-hmm. you being there every time it's something different you yeah. will you can come some people do some people come see us every week and we've never done the same show twice mm-hmm. ever that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, That's and um, and the shows, like I said, they're at eight, so they usually go from about eight to nine, a little after. Um, you know, if we run a little bit long, but um, but usually consists with Dirty Karma. It's not two halves; it's the same troupe performing the whole whole time. But the monologists will come up two separate times and kind of tell two separate stories. So they'll come up, we'll introduce them. They'll come up, do their kind of two to three minute story. We'll do improv for about fifteen to twenty minutes based on that story, and then when we feel like we need a little like extra fuel they'll come up and do another two to three minute story but then with our other shows it's usually a two half scenario Mm. we have a host they're hosting bring up that first team they do about 20 minutes do a little five minute intermission run over to radio bar grab your drink pop your other beer that you brought byob and then um and then we have that second half of the show so bang bang would usually be uh the headliner and then we'd have an opener for them so kind of that format but we're also open, um, you know, to doing other structures and forms that we're looking at, you know, variety shows and movie nights and karaoke nights and stand-up shows and all that kind of stuff. And the beauty of the space is, like, now we can really explore. You know, I think we've been we've been uh, kind of uh, constrained by not having our own space because, you know, everyone has a million other things going on all the time that, you know, Phil Brady's is not going to give up its blues jam to right, let us right. come do improv. Um so now it's like really up to us and not just us, but like members of the community, mm-hmm. our community to submit shows. And we already have a form on our website. Um, if people are interested in coming out and performing with us from Baton Rouge, but also from all over um, to submit to open for us or to submit new show ideas. Yeah. And we're really interested in putting up like new voices and just people are interested in doing Yeah, our, our log line, if you look at the website, is Baton Rouge's home for long form improv and experimental theater. And that experimental theater is a very non-specific word, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. broad for a reason. It's yeah. because we don't want to limit the amount of. There might be a young person out there that has a kazoo and a unicycle and wants to do their folk thing, you know, or whatever it is. Right. They're welcome to, right? So it's anything out there. If someone's got a one-person, one-act play, they want to do a solo show, you yeah. know, something like that. We want to. We don't want to limit anyone's creative uh, yeah. space. If you wanted right. to do a live podcast recording mm. with yeah. an audience. Oh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't you that be that. tight? Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really All cool. All right, now we got to do something like that. There you go. go. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, but it's that kind of stuff, right? It's just like a place to do it all. Like a place to like 
for all your wildest dreams to yeah. come true, I think. And um, I mean, mine have already come true. Like, yeah. We've already gotten way past my uh, wildest dreams. Mine too. I think yeah. we're both living our best lives. Yeah, it's pretty true. great. So now you got to add to that. I know. You got to find the next level. The well, and somebody was asking me what the next thing was, but you know, I think what we've always done really successfully is just been in the moment that we are. Present, and it's like, yeah. I'm just stoked for Friday. I'm like so pumped to see everybody in that space and, and let that be real for a while. And then, and then I'll be up to scheming again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll come. Yeah. Right. So sure. with this, y'all, it's all brand new and we're starting to kind of wind down in the show. What are some things that y'all have learned, like, you know, TC and uh, Betty, what's two things that y'all have each learned throughout this process of getting the space and growing it for the last four years? Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, it's been a matter of uh, whether it's intentional or not, practicing what I preach. Because um, I, I literally do feel like a preacher sometimes when it comes to talking about improv and how it, you can, uh, one's life can benefit from it, not mm-hmm. just on a show or performer level, you know? Um, and then especially opening the theater, I'm learning, oh my gosh, I have to trust my scene partner and or business partner. I have to relinquish control, take control in certain places, the give and take. That's all stuff of technical dynamic things that we practice in improv that I've brought into this relationship of uh, managing and running a theater. Um the biggest thing I wouldn't say I've learned, but another observation that I've made that was unintentional, and Betty touched on it a little while ago, is looking across the room at either our students, our performers, or our audience, and seeing two people from entirely different walks of life having a conversation. And that, it, it makes me, it makes my heart want to explode, yeah. you know, because we're bringing people together in a world where you, you, you don't necessarily feel too supported all the time, or right. it can be a little bit dog-eat-dog, dog, mm-hmm. to have a space that is literally only there to to support and spread love and make people feel good. I mean, that's that I can't ask for anything more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. True, true. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm a woman on a mission to learn so much. Um, sometimes it feels exhausting, the amount of things I feel like I've learned about myself and all the things I know that I have yet to learn about myself. But... For sure, the process of the last four years just, um, I think, really understanding that when you prioritize understanding who you are and, and really embracing who your true self is, and again, through improv, that's how I came to this place. Um, my famous like claim to fame, fame improv story is that um, and, and this isn't even something I'm ashamed to say. I was in an abusive relationship, um, when I was in my mid twenties with a guy who was much older than me and really weird kind of man. And, um, and living in Houston and just kind of like spiraling a little bit, not understanding because I was such a caretaker and I didn't like, like, I think I always thought like, oh, I'm the good one and he's the bad one. But what I didn't see was that like, I was just as much of the problem as he was. Like, I I let him into my life. And, like, what were the things in me that allowed him in? And and as soon as I finally had, like, a little, like, come to Jesus, where it was, like, a moment in my mind, it just, like, this, something flipped. And I was just like, oh, like, I see what I'm doing here, and I don't want to be here anymore. Got out of the relationship, and, I like, I signed up for an improv class, like, 
a week later. Oh, wow. And, and therapy simultaneously. <laughs> um, They're and not I, related. Oh, but, <laughs> oof, they ended up being real related. But I started doing both simultaneously, and I've done both simultaneously since then, since I was 20, like 24, and um, 25 maybe. Um, and that progression of like who I was at that age and who I am now, it's like, I'm so much closer to who I am and who I'm meant to be, the true me, um, that, like, the last four years have only just illuminated that more, yeah. um, made me more confident in who I am. Um, and I think when you are your true self, then your true path is illuminated for you. And I, I believe that this is, like, my path to bring to bring this to Baton Rouge with the people that I'm doing it with. Like, there's no other place in the world that I'm meant to be right now, like, I, I truly believe that. So I think that that I've learned that personally about myself. Um, but then also just, um, that like when you're with the right people, when you, when you can see the right people and like bring the right people together, like you can't be stopped. Mm, Right. Like, you know, there's power in numbers, especially like when it's just the right people in the room. You know, and I think that that's like a pretty businessy thought process. It's like having, you know, a board is trying to have the right people in the room. Mm-hmm. But when I say the right people in the room, I just mean energetically. Like I don't mean like because some of our some of our most awesome community members aren't people who've been able to buy a chair, but they're people who sh- just show up. They're people who are willing to paint a wall. They're people who tell everybody about us you know and I think uh finding the value in you know in everybody no matter what their means are as long as they're bringing posi vibes like to the situation (laughs) like to me it's like that's the most important thing Mm. like if you have a positive energy and and a positive outlook like you're gonna enrich anybody around you and your community and and we're I feel like we're just like collecting it's like i have like millions of adorable keychains of people who are just like i'm collecting them Mm. all these amazing spirits in baton rouge who i think have all found their place Mm -hmm. um in latco and we've had people tell us that a lot like that they've kind of felt aimless in baton rouge until they found us because they've actually found a community that they fit into you know and and there's again nothing better than that yeah, for me. Truly, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. be like a weirdo collector. That's and that's in, that's incredible <laughs> to understand that people can bring value regardless of the means, mm-hmm. just through a positive vibe, mm-hmm. positive energy. Mm-hmm. They walk in the room and be like, "We want that person here yeah. to help us on this journey." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, what are some two things that y'all have? You know, you would kind of change along the way if you had the option to go back and change it. Well, that's probably a tough question only because everything we're both well, I shouldn't speak for you, but I think we're both such true believers when everything happens for a reason and everything's going to work out. Literally, Michael Moss and I in particular are very much we're very hard headed and very impatient. And so if it weren't for Betty, we would have had a theater space three years ago and it would have not done well. Right. At all. We didn't have anything. And Betty came along. And she said, let's focus not only gr- just on growth, but sustainable growth. That's something she says to us a lot. And thankfully she did, you know. And at the time, it was tough for me because I'm so impatient. And I want to get in there and like, ah, let's do it all, you know. No, it, you know, it doesn't. So I know it's kind of a cop out on your question, but um, no, yeah, I, I, had, I have to think about it because genuinely everything is so perfect. And right. um, I, I really, I genuinely, I'm not, I'm not. 
I, well, I wouldn't change anything for the world. And I, I think I think the answer to the question was if Betty hadn't been in there, you sure. know, of what would what would you change? Well, it's like well, we would have definitely made sure Betty was there because if she hadn't have been there, the whole different outcome would have would have mm-hmm. happened. Right. Yeah. And so even recognizing, oh no, that one factor that happened, right. yeah, that had to happen. Oh, right. there, well, in that case, there's a snowball effect of <laughs> yeah. like so many things of like uh, me moving back, Michael Moss convincing me not to leave, Betty coming along, you know, uh, all the people that have interchanged and interworked. There are people that I've met. I remember the first time we met them, mm-hmm. Betty included. I remember the first time I met these people and I had no idea in that moment what a huge impact they would have in my life. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. And now looking back, it's like, wow, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I mean, and I think, you know, especially for TC and the way he ended up back in Baton Rouge, and and this is, a, I think, for some people, a controversial thought process. Again, the idea that, like, I always say, like, all is as it should be, mm. you know? Um, because it's hard for people to embrace that when really bad things happen. But then sometimes you do have to kind of look at the bigger chain of events and something really difficult happened for tc and that's what brought him here but again the everything's about perspective too and so it's like you can you can like i genuinely every day am grateful for that man that i dated Mm. he emailed me out of nowhere like a week ago after five years like it's too late, baby. She married. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know me out of nowhere. And it really, you know, while we're in the midst of building out this improv theater and I'm in a healthy marriage with mm. adorable pets and, like, amazing friendships, really great relationships with my family that I'm constantly, like, working on and evolving. And, you know, part of me really just wanted to hit him back with an email and say, thank you. Like, thank you. Like, your intervention in my life at that time allowed me to hit a rock bottom of like what I was doing to attract the kind of chaos that I was attracting into my life. And I don't have that life anymore. I have literally the life of my dreams where I am opening an improv theater in my hometown. Like, thank you. But then my husband was like, he probably just still wants to find out if you're single. I would have emailed him and been like, said everything exactly how you said, just so he can realize what he did and how it impacted you. Yeah. But be like, you know what? Even though you did all that to me, thank you. Because I'm so much better because of what you did. You know, and that was my initial instinct. And I talked to, you know, I talked to my husband. I talked to my friends. I talked to my therapist famously about it. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I was able to heal. Because it was also the first time he ever said that he was even bad to me. Like, the first time in the whole time. You know, but at the end of the day, I had to admit to my, you know, it is a little bit of a, like an F you kind of a vibe. Right, 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 and right. And it's like, I'm doing amazing and I can send him all the light and love in the world and hope that he learned from it too. And But not everyone's going to shift their perspective that way. Right. Like not everyone's able to say, man, thank you. You are nuts and I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, that's not everybody. But luckily, um, luckily, that's the way I've decided to view the world. Um, and as far as changing things... Um, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think that there's always these little moments of like, of things, these little things that you do or these little things that you say. I mean, I think that there's been times where I, where I would change maybe being more honest with somebody or more mm-hmm. straightforward with somebody. I mean, because, you know, let's be honest, 
everything isn't posy vibes and everybody isn't posy vibes and we've had some people kind of come through and things issues arise and stuff and I think um you know treading lightly is is important but sometimes it's important to be really direct and I think that there was a couple moments where I wished I would have been more direct because it our community is meant to be a safe space and mm. sometimes people don't realize that or they don't know how to guard their energy to be or to be appropriate sometimes and right. you know sometimes there's like things like that where I wish I would have been like no that was just inappropriate yeah you know maybe I didn't do those things um and then, I don't know, probably our last shirt order colors aren't that popular, so maybe I would have just changed those. One, yeah. But Oh, my. Yeah. If that's the worst we're doing. If I that's think, the worst yeah. we're doing, it's like, somebody buy these green shirts. I thought they were cute. Yeah. Wait, they're, what, what color green? We have, like, emerald green. We have purple. Okay. Um, I have LSU vibes. I feel like when football season comes, people will be buying those. Um, but our last... Like, our last color we chose was, like, there was kind of a clay red and, like, a mustard yellow. People went crazy for those colors. And we just thought, oh, we'll, like, bring a new set of colors. And our shirts are, like, a really nice quality shirt and just a color and then a white print of our logo really big on the front. And I just thought, oh, I mix it up. Give them a different color. But apparently, people aren't loving it. Hey, comment, like, comment, subscribe. If you want to tell us about why you don't like green. <laughs> yes. Please, yeah, let, them, yeah. let them know what's wrong with let the green. Let us know what's wrong with emerald green. Yeah. Okay. So the final question is what can I and the people watching and listening, the two of them, what can <laughs> we do to help y'all achieve your goal? Yeah, I think one big thing is um, is spread the word and, and talk about it. I mean, that's such a small thing. A lot of times people ask that question, and I genuinely mean that. I think I I I feel like sometimes people think I'm just like brushing them aside, but I genuinely, the fact that we have been doing this for four years and and there's still people that don't know about us in Baton Rouge, it's like, you know, it's like yeah. spread the word, right. let people yeah. know. Um, that's a big thing. Um, we're also still working on our build out. So we have our donation page open at letcocomedy.com. And I know it's also cliche, but literally the smallest amount helps. Yeah. If it's a dollar, it's a dollar. Um, cause literally none of it's going in in our pockets. It's mm -hmm. all going to building the space and creating, um, building that garden that we keep talking about, yeah. you know, in this space for people to really do some cool stuff and then just come to a show. Come yeah. try yeah. it. Come, come yeah. watch a show. Well, I'll be there for the 12th now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, so much fun they're fun and yeah and that's the thing it's like the awareness piece i think is the biggest piece and again as a as a longtime fundraiser a lot of times you know when we're all asking people to raise money um we always say it's like even if you're just having the conversation and no one gives you money you're at least putting the thought in their mind mm -hmm. you know and i worked for the Crohn's and colitis foundation for a really long time and all of those conversations anytime anybody is diagnosed with crohn's disease or has any sort of gi issues i don't work there anymore I'm the person they come to. They ask for doctor recommendations. They ask for this. They ask for that. You know, and so there's just power in put, planting the seed of that information because eventually, if it's not now, it might be a year from now or it might be a two years from now where people are like, oh, yeah, there's that comedy place. And then they Google us now. And it's not even what it was then. It's even more like mm -hmm. most of the people we get in our classes and stuff Google improv in Baton Rouge. And up until four years ago, there wasn't no, anything. No, they weren't getting any hits. Yeah. You know, it's like, and they. Did you mean Chicago? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Did, Did you mean you know? elsewhere? But now, when you Google improv in Baton Rouge, Laco is the first thing that comes up. But we want it to be, like you said, an iconic name. Like, we want people to see a llama, 
hear the the name Latco mm -hmm. and be like, oh, those are the comedy people. Those are the not just the comedy people. Those are the people teaching improv, right? And the educators of comedy and the hub of comedy in Baton Rouge. So it's like, yeah, tell everyone, tell your mom, tell your friend. It's like a really cute date night. It's a fun gift. Like get someone, mm. uh, you know, a couple of tickets to a couple of Latco shows, a green emerald green T-shirt. Um, <laughs> Two of you guys, please buy the shirts. Um, you made me snot. You know, and. Uh, on social media, that's also so helpful. It's like go to the storefront, take a picture in front of the llama, tag. It's right next know. to Radio Bar. I, I, again, it wasn't me. Alex Biglane uh, designed it. It is such a great storefront yeah, window. It is. It's have you really seen it yet? In person? I, I have not been there Swing yet in person. By, man. You'll be it's, there on the twelfth. Yeah, yeah. For sure, I'll be <laughs> yeah. there on the twelfth. Yeah. I might stop by beforehand. It's impressive. I mean, it's it looks really cool, mm -hmm. and it's and we're really working on creating a space where it's like people can go and be like this. I can't put a finger on it, but I like being here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just support yep. in any way. I love it. Well, thank you, Betty and TC, Dude, for coming thank on you the for show. Having us, man. Thank you so I had much. This was a blast. Time. I really yeah. had a good time. Thank Absolutely. You. We love talking. I don't know if we can <laughs> tell. Now, and, you know, and thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Because, truly, again, yeah. it's like, it's all symbiotic, and, and people who want to get the word out about all the things are super important because obviously we're in our little arena, but like you're just helping spread the word about all the cool things. 100%. And it's that's great nice. to see you like show up to all the things, you know? Yeah. And that's, I'm trying to be even more engaged in yeah. all the events and that's everything incredible. and just giving people a platform to share their story, yeah. you know, and not be like, all right, I need you in, I need you out in like 10, 15 minutes. Right. Like, no, let's sit down, let's have a fire yeah. and let's How talk about what you're doing. It's fun, bro. I, I feel like it's, it's 1030 PM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's midnight. Yeah. Okay. My phone's dead. Man. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. I don't know, but I just thank you all for what y'all are doing. Man, I'm, thank you. I'm so looking forward to the event on the 12th. Yeah. In addition to, I'm looking forward to seeing what y'all are doing in the community and just the the environment y'all create there. I'm just, I'm super excited for it. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much, so man. I really appreciate you. Uh, you are very, very welcome. So, <laughs> for everybody watching and listening, you have been listening and watching to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, signing out with Latco Comedy um, with Betty and TC over here. They've been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. And like, share, and subscribe to the show. In addition, go check out Latco. Go yeah, check out all their please. social platforms. They're everywhere. I'm going to link it up so you have no excuse for not being able to find them. I'll make it so easy. Thank you all. Have a good night.